Well, welcome everybody again. Uh, isn't it fantastic to just look out there and see here we are on December, what is it, 11th or something like that, and the river is frozen all the way across. Like everybody just, let's just praise Jesus together. Yeah. I, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm uh, delighted to, uh, I'm a white Christmas guy. We could have this weather from now till March without any thaws, and I'd be happy camper. Sorry to all of you who are longing uh, for Florida. Uh, just a couple of uh, quick housekeeping things. One, we need to really just thank Julian for the country Christmas background music we had all through the break. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was super, yeah. Yeah, like if we could just up the steel guitar content next time, Jules, that would be, that would be super. That would be great. Um, <laughs> okay, let's be really truthful. Moment of truth. Who here loves country music? You're... you're Wow. See, that's, that's pretty impressive. We are in the Ottawa Valley. Yeah. Yeah. My hand was up there. I, I have listened to country music before, especially when I was doing construction. Everybody listened to country music. Dan Burt, where are you, Dan? Dan, thank your dad for me being forced to listen to country music a lot. That was great. And your Uncle Bro, appreciate that. Um, yeah, so really good stuff. Uh, another little housekeeping thing. Just love you guys to just pray with us about uh, about finances for church. Uh, we're looking to finish about $20,000 short in terms of just where the giving is at this year. And it's just, it's just sort of impossible to predict how things are going to be, but... Uh, we're praying for a little Christmas miracle there, so let's just let's just pray about that really quickly. Father, thank you so much uh, for uh, the way you bless us. Thank you for our wealth. Thank you for our homes. Thank you for uh, the incredible gifts you give us. Thank you for the ministry of this church and, and all that it does, uh, Lord. We just ask you would provide. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's cool. So it's Christmas. It's Advent uh, season. It is uh, this amazing time when we celebrate uh, the coming of Jesus, the coming of Jesus to earth. And we all know the stories of the manger, and we all know the stories of the shepherds and uh, the birth of Christ. We all have in our minds this sort of beautiful backlit manger scene and, and all of that sort of warm images. And if you're uh, a graphic designer, you use lots of deep blues and warm yellows and and, and all of those kinds of uh, nice things. But, but really it's about a culture and a society that was anxiously waiting for something to come and transform the world around them. A culture that was anxiously waiting for something to happen that was going to make their lives better. That was going to just radically turn everything upside down uh, change the world from the outside in is probably what they were imagining. As people were looking towards Messiah and looking towards him coming, they were looking towards some sort of political leader, some figure that was going to come and take leadership over the Jewish nation. Uh, in that time, uh, 2,000 years ago, of course, kick out the Romans uh, and reestablish the throne and kingdom of David and restore that country uh, to its place of glory, to its place of might, to a sense of victory, to a sense of prosperity, and all of that. And for us, as we wait for Jesus to come and enter our lives and, and enter into our story, we're, we're waiting for something similar for the most part. Uh, how many of you, just, just be, be honest, how many of you sometimes dream about what it would be like to win the lottery? Come on. What would it be like to win the lottery? 
It would be fantastic. And, and the beauty of winning the lottery is, is, is it's like one single solitary event that can happen to you and, and, and can change everything, right? You could win that lottery and then you would have uh, the money to fix all of your problems and everything would be perfect and awesome. And you would just be able to go about leading your own life and doing your own thing the way you want to do it, but you would just have unlimited freedom to just make all these choices and make it all happen, right? And that's sort of what uh, people in, in Jesus' time were looking for. They were looking for something to happen that was going to just be like a windfall, a massive windfall that was just going to change everything, change everything. But what we know is that the birth of Jesus was somewhat different than that. Uh, from this place of waiting, from this place of waiting, this, this place of anxiety, this place of, of being under the boot, Deliverance didn't come from the outside in. Deliverance didn't come from, from there. Uh, the waiting was a, a, an anxious waiting. It was like waiting for the arrival of, of a relative. How many, of you, how many of you have just been in that place where you're just so excited about somebody coming to visit your house? Like you're so excited. I remember when we lived in St. Stephen, New Brunswick as a couple, we uh, were... Um, far away from family and we, we, we were missing my parents, we were missing Anna's parents and I remember those times when they would come and they would drive across uh, Quebec and down through New Brunswick or they'd come through the states through Maine and I remember that kind of thing where you just start looking out the door, looking out the door, are they going to arrive? This was before the days when they might be tweeting their arrival, you know, we've just crossed the border, um, you know, it was, it was before that, you're just waiting for that RV to pull in or that car to pull in and there's that kind of anxious waiting at the door, the kind of anxious waiting at the door, but then the moment of arrival comes, and you know what that's like, you know what that's like when that arrival comes, you throw open the door, and you, and you welcome them in, and your home is filled with life, and filled with joy, as we long for Jesus to come and enter into our lives, we're imagining him to do that thing that we talked about earlier, that sort of burst open the door and come in and save us and deliver us from all of our problems. This is kind of what we imagine. Right? We imagine like a tactical entry by a SWAT team. You know, you've all seen it in the movies where all of the windows shatter simultaneously and men on zip lines come flying in the windows and take out all the bad guys and set the hostage free. That's sort of what we imagine uh, Jesus to do. But Jesus wants to enter our lives in a different way. And, and this is the most unusual text to choose to preach from at Christmas, but we're going to preach from the book of Revelation. And, and before we do, let's just, let's just pray. Lord, as we uh, await your arrival in our lives, as we long for salvation in so many areas, as we long for you to deliver us and to make things right, and to transform us, Lord. Uh, we, we ask that you would come in the way that you want to come. Uh, as we read your word this morning, as we in, encounter it, would it be like a seed planted inside of us that just grows and grows and grows and transforms us, just like your son being planted in the Holy Land those years ago, growing and growing his kingdom growing. Would you live like that inside of us through this word, through this message we pray. In Jesus' name.
Amen. And it's just going to be a, a brief text, not a lengthy chapter or something here. This is what we're going to read this morning. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Now remember, we're imagining the tactical entry of Jesus coming in to bust down the door and save us. But Jesus says this. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them. And they with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This is a part of a letter written to a church uh, in a, a town called Laodicea, a church that was lukewarm, a church that was kind of stuck in, in consumerism, I think, sometimes like our church in North America is. Uh, it's kind of stuck in a, a lackadaisical place, just just not moving, not moving forward, not doing much. And 19 before this, it says, uh, it says basically repent. Repent, turn away from your boring life and let me come in is what he's saying. And he says, it says, behold, I stand at the door. So what do these words really mean? Behold, I stand. Behold, I stand. Uh, the word there in the uh, Greek is a word that's histemi, is, is how it's pronounced, and it says, I set myself in balance. I set in balance. So imagine Jesus now coming to our door, and we're imagining he's going to break it down and save us from all our problems, and he comes and he stands at the door and he sets himself in balance. He's not inclined, he is not pushing, and he is not ready to run away. He is standing in balance. And all of a sudden we see that our advent, our waiting for the coming of Christ, involves some waiting for him too. It involves some waiting for him too. So he stands at the door in balance. The door is an interesting word. The door implies something. The door implies uh, that, well, in the software world, a door is a, a binary operator. A door is either open or it's closed. It, it, it can only have one of two, two functions. A door can be open or a door can be closed. Something can come in, go past it, or, or something can. What that implies is, is that we have a choice about the coming of Christ into our lives. We have a choice whether that is going to be in open position or closed position. We have some to make, some choice to make when the knock on the door comes. And what does that knock mean? The knock is a request for permission. The knocking of Jesus is a request for permission to have interaction with us. And all of a sudden we have a savior that's not just come to burst into the world, to bash down the door and to save us in dramatic Hollywood fashion. We have a savior who is kind and gentle, and who is polite, and with whom we must interact, and with whom we must choose to interact. The interaction with Jesus, the ability to invite him in, is, is an invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Knock, knock. 
And how do we hear that? How do we hear that knocking at the door? Uh, Some of us hear it loud like that, knock, knock, and and it might have a threatening presence. It might be a knock that's coming with authority that instills fear in our hearts. We, We might not know what it means for Jesus to come and enter into our lives. And for some of us, it might be something somewhat more subtle. It might be just a a, a gentle knock, like, hey, can I come in and hang out with you? Uh, For some, it might be a a sound that is just barely working its way through our consciousness. The TV is on, and we're having a good time at home, and we're having dinner. And you know what that's like when somebody knocks on the door, and you can just sort of barely hear it, and you think, oh, who's at my door? Who's coming? Uh, What's going on? Like, maybe, what's this interruption? I think I'll go and, and answer it. And sometimes we can just barely hear it at all. Sometimes we can barely hear it at all. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. He says, the spirit that we have called for, the spirit that saves the world is already here at the door, knocking, patiently waiting for us to open the door. He has been there a long time and he has not gone away. He is a very quiet voice and few hear it. The cries of the marketplace and of those who sell shoddy goods are all too loud. But the knocking goes on. And despite the noises, our hearts hear it at last. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. How do we feel when Jesus knocks? How do you feel when Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart? When he is trying to get your attention, when he wants to come in, are you nervous? I'm nervous sometimes. Are you scared? I'm scared sometimes. Are you excited? I'm excited sometimes. Uh, For me, uh, you know, there's, there's constantly an invitation, constantly a knocking, constantly a Jesus wanting to be in a new place, in a new, uh, deeper place of relationship with me, to address something that I want addressed uh, with my mouth, but not necessarily with my heart. Uh, sometimes he wants to address something that I don't want addressed at all. Sometimes I have to sit down and hear words from people that I don't want to hear, or words from Jesus spoken to my heart that I don't want to hear? What are the questions that surround the coming of Christ in my life? Is it, is it threatening? Is, is he going to change something in me? We have this sense that when Jesus knocks at the door, uh, we're just not going to be the same if we let him in. If you're here, if you're a, a, a new believer or a, a non-believer, you, you're not really haven't accepted Jesus as your savior yet. You might hear him constantly and quietly knocking and you think, I, I don't know if I really want to open myself up to relationship with him because it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a difference and, and, and I'm nervous. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be good. Uh, the, the knocking of Jesus, these moments when Jesus stands at the door of our hearts are the most important moments of our lives. There's some questions we ask. Uh, the first is, who, who's he bringing with him? Who's he bringing with him? 
When Jesus comes, he, he brings a family. He brings a community. He brings other humans. He sometimes comes to us uh, as, as Jesus with skin on doesn't he? Like sometimes Jesus comes in a way that's, that's ethereal, in a way that's uh, emotional, in a way that's relational, in a way that's spiritual, but sometimes he comes in a way that's very tangible and physical. Sometimes when Jesus comes, he comes to us through people. Sometimes it feels like this, <laughs> right? Sometimes it feels like this, like I opened the door for the carolers and this is what I get. Like, come on, like, what's going on here, guys? Uh, but he does that. He comes that way in the form of people. It says this in Matthew chapter 25, verse 38 to 40. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of these, the thirsty, the poor, those in prison, Whatever you did for the least of one of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Sometimes he comes in the form of someone with a need. Sometimes he comes in the form of someone who is poor. Sometimes he comes in the form of someone who doesn't look like you want him to look like. Sometimes he comes in the form of someone who doesn't smell like you want him to smell like. Sometimes he comes in the form of somebody who makes you uncomfortable. Sometimes he comes in the form of somebody who, who might say something to you directly to address an issue in your heart that you don't want addressed at all. I, I know what that feels like. That's not a nice feeling. But very often it's Jesus coming. We ask another question often. We ask, what will he see when he comes in? What will he see when he comes in? What's it like in my heart? What is the state of my life like? It's like that a lot of the time. This is my Christmas decorating. No, this is just off the web. But, but look at the, 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 the mess of this, the tangle, uh, the boxes, the things buried. Uh, look at the idols present in, in, in the image. We, we carry all of these things inside of us. And the thought of letting somebody, uh, I mean, I mean th even think about your house. Like when, when your mother-in-law is coming over, I, mom, <laughs> we kind of tidy up a little bit. We kind of tidy up a little bit. When, when our friends come over even, we tidy up a little bit. We, we want it uh, to be nice. We want it to be comfortable. We want it to look great. We, we take our messes and we kind of shove them underneath the desk. And I, I mean, I've, I am a drawer person. I am glad to have drawers on my desk because when somebody comes into my office, I just have a place. And in it goes, close the doors, and I am all of a sudden a neat and tidy and orderly looking worker. Right, we, we want to present ourselves well. We want our home to look nice. We know, though, that Jesus comes absolutely. He comes in love. Absolutely, he comes in love. But he also comes as a judge, doesn't he? That doesn't mean bad judgmentalism. That doesn't mean uh, that he's uh, coming in that way that we imagine humans judging us. But the reality is, is that he he is going to see things as they are. He's going to see through the top of my desk and into my drawers. 
He's going to see the home as it is. And, and the, thought, the thought of opening the door to him is, is a nervous thought for us. Uh, what are our struggles? What are our fears? What do we have uh, that we want to hide from him? He comes in and, and he's going to help us clean it up. He's going to come and help us clean it up. He's going to come in in absolute love and he's going to want to speak to our sexuality. He's going to want to speak uh, to the way we handle finances. He's going to want to speak to the way we do relationship. He's going to want to speak uh, to our pride. He's going to want to speak to our greed. He's going to want to speak to all of those things. That's a part of the deal when Jesus comes because who he is is somebody who is holy and somebody who is awesome and somebody who loves us too much to leave us that way. He loves us just the way we are, but too much to leave us that way. Knock, knock. He wants to come into your life. He wants to come into my life in a new way. Uh, Revelation 3.20, just to read it again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. He might come in with his friends. He might come to help tidy up. But his primary agenda is relationship. His primary agenda is friendship with you. He wants to relate to you. He wants to be face-to-face and heart-to-heart. He wants to love you. He wants to hear your words of love to him. He wants to know what's happening in your life. He wants to come and make your heart his home. He wants to come and make your heart his home. Knock, knock. How is he knocking on the door of of my heart? He's there and he's waiting. He's waiting. Uh, If you've been a believer for a long time, you've invited him into your life. You you know that he sits on the throne of your heart. Uh, I, I know that. I've known him for a long time. I've known him since I was... I was a child since I was uh, since I was 12 years old in that little Baptist camp in northern Saskatchewan, and, and I invited him. I said those words, Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. I know what that feels like, that sense of warmth, that sense of presence, that sense of love, that sense of acceptance. And all the while knowing that he's been in my life, I've had a thousand experiences since then when there's been another door inside the mansion of my heart that he's been there knocking on right? He wants to get into those rooms that we've just not let him into before. He wants to get in and he's there. He's, he's waiting. As we said before, Advent's about waiting for us, but it's about waiting for him too. It's about waiting for him too. Knock, knock. Let's stand and pray. Jesus, you want uh, so much more in relationship with us. Your love for us is restless. Your love for us is longing. 
your passion to save us is a zeal, a jealousy for us, like we talked about last week, a, a passion to be in our hearts, in our lives, to be known by us, to have us know you. But you're so patient in waiting for our permission, in waiting for that door to open. I ask that there would be a moment of revelation this morning for every single one of us here. That we would hear you knocking. What part of our lives do you want to transform? What room do you want to enter in? Where do you want to have relationship with us that we just haven't let you be before? We just hold ourselves in silence for a moment and listen. Speak, Lord. Now, Father, all around this room, would you release a gift of faith, a confidence and a trust that we would know we can trust you as we open the door. Would we know that we can trust you? Pray for anyone here who's debated whether they would let you be their savior whether they would let you in in the first place at all. Would you let hearts be open to you for the first time? Father, if you want to address in those of us who have known you for a long time areas of hurt and pain and sorrow and sin that we've never really let you touch, would you let us trust you to open the door? Would you come in and transform us and set us free for a relationship with you that is full of life and full of joy and full of hope, full of conversation, full of learning, full of growth and released to ministry to do the things that you've called us to do in the world in partnership with you. Come and dwell in your church. Come and dwell in your people. Come and dwell in us. Come and make all things new. Come and be in our home. Come and be our family. Make yourself at home in us, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you.